uh, dispatch. Now, you got to understand back in the day, we knew all the dispatches uh, pretty much. And they all looked out for you. And we looked out for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, they said the switchboard lit up, people calling, raising cane. What's that <laughs> idiot fire truck doing? And it was after 5 o'clock on a Friday, so there was nobody in fire administration to get hold of. <laughs> and they covered for us. You know what I mean. They kind of calmed the waters. And by Monday, everybody had forgotten it. <laughs> it blew over by then. <laughs> it blew over by then. <laughs> but that's call, that was called... That was called the Great Jump uh, <laughs> <laughs> Throw 360. <laughs> and Paul Murray, I, if I'm not mistaken, I might be, but Paul, he was a funny guy. He said he was going to rent a uh, billboard on 360 and show 102 <laughs> going through that. <laughs> Get the picture of it and put it on there. <laughs> Welcome to the Firehouse Logbook Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Dawson. And when you talk about legends in the firehouse, I think you can qualify them in this way. The stories that they are part of or the lessons that they taught to members of the department linger around the firehouse kitchen table long after they've retired. And generations of firefighters who weren't even on the job when they were around know the name, know the stories, and are still applying those lessons today. My guest on this episode meets that qualification of a definition of a legend for sure. And I got a call a few weeks ago from a current fire department member who never worked for this lieutenant and as was actually hired three years after this lieutenant retired. And he was relating a story to me about uh, this gentleman and it is truly a legend in the department in Chesterfield and uh, had the opportunity to sit down with him today and and share some of those stories. So uh, please welcome as we go through this episode. Uh, we'll get into some of those details for sure. Please welcome from Chesterfield Fire and EMS, retired Lieutenant Ken Tanner. Ken. Hey, how's everybody doing? <laughs> Good, man. Thanks uh, <laughs> man. Thanks for sitting down with me. And uh, it's been a while since we've been in contact. And it uh, sure is good to catch up, and uh, hopefully this will last less than four or five hours. <laughs> and we can go get some dinner later maybe. So um, I appreciate you sitting down with me. Well, the first thing I want to do is tell everybody, kind of excuse my voice. I don't sound like what I used to, but I'm getting old and uh, got some things that, uh, you know, not like they used to be. So well, I, I can hear you quite <laughs> well, and uh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to come through just fine. So uh, so let's start about this. You retired in 2000. Is that right you said? That's correct. So when did you get, how did you get started in the fire service in Chesterfield back well, in the Well, I wasn't supposed to go to work for Chesterfield County. I was supposed to go to work for Henrico County. I was a volunteer for a few years there. And it turns out that at the time, if, if you can believe it or not, uh, Henrico County uh, would not hire anybody who wore eyeglasses. So I didn't know what I was going to do at that particular point. So I Got a job driving a truck, a delivery truck, and uh, I was down in Scott's Edition, and I saw a yellow fire helmet. I'd never seen a yellow fire helmet in my life. So I uh, went inside where the delivery was, and I met a fella uh, and asked him, man, what's with the yellow fire helmet? He said, well, I'm a firefighter in Chesterfield County. And I went, where's that? And he said, it's south of Richmond. Where's that? <laughs> I'd never been south of Richmond. So long story short, I looked it up and uh, I called I called over and Chief Eanes uh, said, well, 
come on down and put in an application. So I asked him, I said, well, I w- before I drive way down there, I wear glasses. And he said, will you, I said, will you hire anybody? Wears glasses? He said, well, he, and this is it's true, this is his exact words. He said, if your glasses fall off, can you stop the fire engine? And I went, yeah. He said, well, come on down. Well, you got a shot there. So uh, I went on down there, and it was just him and me in, in his office one evening after 5 o'clock. And there was no big exams or physicals. I just, he gave me a, uh, like a civil service test, three or four pages long. And I took that, and it had one of those things where you look at the blocks in, in a shape, and you had to tell how many blocks were in that. And I, I got them all right. And uh, he graded it right there. As a matter of fact, he was standing over my shoulder <laughs> as I was taking the question. So uh, I, after I got finished, you know, uh, I said, well, have you got any positions as a firefighter? Uh, he said, well, Ken, he said, the only thing we got is dispatch positions. Well, you don't tell a man no. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> just. You I went, well, let me think about it a little while. So I went on home, and a few days later, now let's put it on pause right there because in this interim between me taking the test and Chief Eames calling me at home uh, at Station 1, uh, and this is the way the story goes. I wasn't there. At Station 1, apparently they had a brush fire, and they dispatched no, no paid firemen other than at Barn Air at that time. It was the only paid fire station. So they dispatched uh, Station 1 for a uh, brush fire. Nobody showed up. They dispatched the second due company and Station 1 again. Nobody showed up at either 2. Then they dispatched the third company, third due company, second due company, and first due company again. And finally sh- somebody showed up and went and put the brush fire out. But by that time, things were pretty bad. <laughs> well, that night, they had a Board of Supervisors uh, meeting. And the fire chief, volunteer fire chief from Station 1, as the story goes, I wasn't there, stormed into the uh, uh, Board of Supervisors meeting, like in the old Westerns where they kicked the door <laughs> open, and stormed up to the desk in his turnout coat and everything and slammed his fist down on the desk and said, we need paid firefighters in Chester, and we need them right now. Now, as, as the brush fire is raging down the street. I think they got it out by that time. But uh, the next day or two, whatever, I got a, call, a phone call from Chief Eames. There was no, like, human resources and yeah. all that kind of stuff back then. And uh, he said, he said, Ken, he always called me Ken, never missed the town, or, you know, Ken. He said, Ken, uh, would you like a job? Now I'm on the spot, you see. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I really don't want a job as a, as a dispatcher. I appreciate you calling me, though. And he said, <laughs> his, I'll give you his exact words if, if you don't mind. Go. He said, hell, boy, I'm not talking about dispatching. I'm talking about firefighting. <laughs> and I went, I'm hired. There we go. <laughs> so that's how I got hired oh. at Station 1. Well, that's interesting because uh, Bobby Eames was always accused of having these uh, budget incidents at the op- most opportune times <laughs> for board members. Well, I don't know about how. Maybe he, that's how it started. I though. don't know how I got hired as far as the money goes. But the only thing I know is I was hired to show up daytime. So we know 24-hour stuff. We had three shifts, but we worked uh, daytime hours. And I can't tell you exactly how it, how it went. Or even, you know, I guess it was from like, you know, 7 to 5 or something. I, I can't remember that far back. But uh, a, a funny thing happened on the way to Station 1. 
I went down there a couple of days early to, you know, first, of course, I had to go through drill school, from, uh, yeah. which is a whole other incident. But uh, I th there was no numbers back then. <laughs> I think I was in drill school number two. Right. Uh, yeah, because you, you, you said there were some career guys at number four. Number by then. four. And, and not counting the fire chiefs, uh, 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 Darzell, I mean, uh, Eames and Darzell and, and Barfield. It was, I guess, 10 guys at number uh, four. So I reckon I was around number 11 well, or so. <laughs> Who knows? But anyway, uh, after I went through drill school, uh, I took a cruise down where I got assigned, Station 1, and I'm riding my car down in Chester. I'd never been to Chester in my life. I, I had to, and I'm serious, I had to use a map, number one, to find a courthouse to take my <laughs> test, and number two, use a map to find Chester, man. So I was from Lakeside, you know. So I drove into Chester, and man, I saw this beautiful fire station. It was a very modern design. It had glass windows all around in front of it, man. And the most unique thing, it had a bay under the building. You go down a ramp under the building. Man, I said, this is, this is something this is else. Cool. This is cool. So I rode around in front of the building. You know what it said? It said, uh, Chester Library. <laughs> <laughs> Chester Library. <laughs> it was a Chester Wrong building. Library. Wrong building. <laughs> and then I ran around the corner, and there's this old two two story falling down brick building <laughs> with no parking or anything. Yeah, what a letdown that was. <laughs> but that's where I went to work. There you go. That's where I first went to work. So what was recruit school like? Uh, well, it, it, it normal the normal old thing, uh, I guess. I mean, not like it is nowadays. We just we took we took. It was at the old building, number one, at the old uh, training center. It had a tower. It had a, uh, a burn building. It had a uh, like a garage. It had a, a pit in that, that you draft from, mm -hmm. drafting pit. And then it had a, 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 a pit that you burnt flammable liquids in. And that was about the extent of it. Uh, at the old fairgrounds, kind of across from the... The show track, as it were, and the man, uh, just behind the courthouse, something yeah. I can tell you. And maintenance was there too. Fire maintenance was put put the head. So anyway, I, I, yeah, I went to drill school, but we did the normal things. We we took classroom uh, uh, stuff that we had to learn, and then we burnt fires and climbed ladders and all that kind of stuff. But nothing, uh, nothing, you know, out of the way, you know. So that was uh, how long was it? I don't. I guess. <laughs> I'm shooting from the hip, brother. Go get him. I, eight eight weeks, maybe. There you go. You know, maybe twelve. I don't know. Uh, but I got. I went to work. Uh, I went to work on the second. I think. Uh, I went to work on the first of July. But since the holidays were coming up, I got off to the fifth. So <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good job. You get you off. Get off a holiday <laughs> when you get hired. Before you even have to do anything. What year was that? That was oh lord, 1972. 72. Yeah, I was 22 years old. And and was making more money than I thought was possible. I made uh, six thousand two hundred and eighty dollars a year. Rich. 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 Ready I to go buy a new car? Well, I came from a job paid four thousand dollars a year. Oh, so there that's you go. Pretty good, man. Pretty, pretty decent <laughs> pay raise there. Uh, so anyway, that's had. Now I can tell you some stuff. For, unless you got questions. No, go ahead. Tell me. Tell me the stories about uh, that those early years and what 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 it was like. Um, you know, day day work at Company One, or, well, or how did you transition to a twenty-four hour shift? Well, that that the, the day work at Number One was most. I think how we fought fires back in them days was m more uh, 
what people don't understand. The guys nowadays, you know, SCBA, that's just, I guess they still call them SCBA. Mm -hmm. And the masks that they wear, I mean, they got it made, man. Back when I went to work at number one, we didn't have any of that. We had didn't even have it on the rig. Well, we, we worked a sh very short time, then we got two SCBAs. But they were in a box, and they were in a compartment, and that's where <laughs> they were supposed to stay. Just to keep them clean. Well, they, what they were, no, they had a purpose. They, were, they had a purpose. If you ran some uh, chemical emergency, something that uh, had hazardous material involved in it, you could use you could use them. Mm -hmm. And we know how to put them on. We, it didn't take us long. It was the old thing, open the box and throw it over your shoulder type thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they do that nowadays or not. But uh, I guess all of them are mounted in the rigs and stuff. But you threw it over your shoulder, and you had to do it within a minute of whatever it was. I, I you know, I don't know exactly. Yeah. But what we used, uh, and by the way, <laughs> there was no such thing as a jump seat, you know. And now they understand they got doors and air conditioning and everything else. Yeah. There ain't no jump seat, man. You jumped on the table board. On the back. On the back. And uh, and it was a while before somebody came up with them straps you put on you. And I didn't think much of them because if you slipped off the tailboard, then the strap would just drag you around. <laughs> Instead <laughs> of getting thrown clear, you'd bounce down the road yeah, away. But what we used was old uh, canister masks. I don't know if you've even seen one I've of those. I've seen them. Chemox. Was that the name I of them? I think it yeah. might have been, yeah. Yeah, but it, had, it, was, a, it was a red, con red uh, canister. And it and had a spot on your bunker coat that you put that thing down in, and then you ripped the tape off at the bottom, if you were gonna use it, and and your mask uh, screwed into the top of it, and then your mask you had a clip for that, and it won't no mask like we got nowadays. It was like the old World War II gas yeah, mask, <laughs> but that's what we wore. And I, I knew I was getting old the other day. I drive a bus for uh, for the uh, family and Christian childcare, and we took a trip up to Maryland to the uh, fire museum or whatever they call it up there. So uh, I went inside and all the kids looking around, all the fire apparatus and all the stuff, and they had a sign over there, antique fire gear. And I walked over <laughs> <laughs> and they had a lot of cons and a, and a bunk. Like, like you're sitting right, right there. Right like that's sitting like right, right there. Sitting there on the <laughs> table here. And, they, uh, and a bunker coat with the, with the canister mask mounted into it. And and I, w I said to myself, well, I know I'm officially old now because I'm an antique. <laughs> you should have told him you had an antique farm in there, too. <laughs> and got a foot right in there. Okay. But see, uh, back in them days, now with all this, uh, and I'm going to call this stuff wrong because I've been re retired for now 22 years, you say. Uh, but the, uh, positive pressure, mm -hmm. mass, you know, they, they had them right before I retired. And uh, you didn't have any of that. And when you went in a house fire, you didn't use the SCBA. You used uh, the canister mask, and 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 short was it didn't. It filtered out the smoke, but it didn't filter out the heat, and you didn't have uh, uh, the Nomex hood. I don't know if they still yeah. wear them or not, and you didn't have the big gloves that they got. You it's know, like just they had thin leather gloves. Thin, yeah, kind of thin leather stuff, and you'd go in the house. But here's what you were taught: you were taught to put your nose on the carpet. And when you went into a house on fire, if you, and I bet you maybe one of the guys nowadays, next time you go to a house fire, they would try this trick, but you on your belly. And and if you're, if you got your nose in the carpet, you can see all the way across the room because mm -hmm. the smoke stratifies about six or 12 inches off the floor. And so you could see where the fire was. You could see if anybody was unconscious on the floor or whatever.
And if things got too bad, once you looked like that and got in a little closer to the fire, then you put the mask on and pulled the tape off the back of bottom of the canister and you and you was good to go. And if it got too hot, you knew it was, you know, I've heard stories of people getting trapped in buildings that didn't know it was so hot because they got all this stuff on. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have it on. I'm just saying back in the day, you knew it was getting you hot. You knew it was getting hot because that canister <laughs> didn't filter out any heat, man. You got the real McCoy. <laughs> well, man, there's a, we could probably, uh, seriously, people said we better get extra tape for this episode. Well, you go ahead. Your history is. Uh, I, I, if you got any questions there about stories, I'll, well, t- I'll tell you whether they are true or not. <laughs> <laughs> or fill in the blanks. How about that? Well, we were talking the other day, and there was one of them. You know, you know, it's not Chesterfield Fire Department anymore. It's Chesterfield Fire and EMS. Yeah, I, and I hired on as a firefighter. <laughs> and uh, and I, I told some of the young guys when before I retired, it's really more of an EMS department that happens to run a fire occasionally. Right, exactly. So uh, you were there back in the days before the fire trucks ran EMS calls, oh, volunteer yeah. rescue well, squad. Well, now ran. I'll have to, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to take my whippings here for this. Uh, here we go. Here's some stories. <laughs> but. We didn't carry a first, the only first aid kit we carried was uh, one of them white metal MSA first aid kits. Square, big square box. Big square box. It was about over three inches, four inches thick. That's all we had, and we didn't know how to use it on top of that. So I got the wild idea, we probably should know some first aid. (laughs) So I got with Chiefings, you know, and I always got along pretty good chiefings I, you know we could i can tell you some stories about that but we'll get to that yeah. later but uh i talked chiefings and i went to uh let me think now uh was it jacksonville florida i think and i and it, so where was it honey jacksonville yeah. i, I got to check with my wife te- tech tech support in tech the back miss rose <laughs> she's checking me out <laughs> but we went to jacksonville uh because they had a uh one of the first departments in the country that went to uh, paid ambulances. And I went down there and spent, took my wife with me. We spent a couple of days and, and learned a lot. We came back and we got with the uh, American Red Cross and they worked up. We had a, it was called multimedia first aid. And it was just basic first aid. And it was better than nothing. And we had a, we, we put together a, First, now you were still only a couple of paid stations. It might have been three stations by then, put three or four. But we put together a pretty s- decent first aid kit. Nothing like they got nowadays, but mm-hmm. a pretty decent first aid kit. And that's when we first started doing first aid. We didn't run any calls, but if we got somewhere and somebody was hurt, at least we could do something. So did you go? You you and Danny kind of learned how they did it and kind of brought that model back. Well, I hope I was hoping I could bring that model back, but that didn't work out too good. <laughs> we you remember we had a lot of volunteer fire department volunteer uh, rescue squad. Rescue yeah. squad. We didn't do it. Uh, I can remember uh, the first time Station Eleven. I was working at Station Eleven, the old Station Eleven, and we had a a, a call on. I want to say Turner Road, but, you know, if, if I'm wrong, y'all can correct me later. Uh, uh, I'm sure there was been a call on Turner Road before, <laughs> yeah. so we'll, we'll just but call it that. We, we went, it was a van, like the E-Series Ford vans mm-hmm. where you have the little step-up well when you get in the front seat. And, mm-hmm. passion, and the guy driving it had his foot down in the well, got hit, either got hit by a car, run off the road, I don't know. But I do remember his foot was trapped in that, in that well. Right he was there. stuck. Stuck, yeah, he was stuck. 
Well, we had just got a, a Hearst tool, gasoline Hearst tool, first one, engine 11. Nobody knew anything about it. Nobody knew it was there. Nobody s- knew it was there. Somebody yeah. snuck it up on the well, fire truck. <laughs> no, it wasn't advertised. <laughs> let's put it that way. And we went to the call, and the guys that were working for me, and don't even ask me who that was because I have no mm-hmm. idea. I can't remember. Uh, but we yanked that Hearst tool out. I was an officer, of course. That's another story <laughs> I got that job. <laughs> but uh, I told him, I said, get the Hearst tool. First time it's ever been used on a fire truck in Chesterfield County. I said, get the Hearst tool. So they pried the door open, and of course the guy's foot came. Well, the ambulance got there, and you want to talk about a fight. I thought we were going to have to defend ourselves. Yeah, they had the crash truck and all the well, good toys. Well, they, they wanted to know where that Hearst tool came from <laughs> and why we had it. <laughs> so that was, you know, that was pretty interesting uh, uh, with that. Uh, now, getting, getting promoted... Uh, I worked at number one for, let's call it 18 months. And the department back then was growing, I mean, you know, leaps and bounds. And, and, and the paychecks were growing leaps and bounds. We, we used to get, <laughs> don't you all get all too jealous <laughs> now, but we would yearly get 15%, 12% raises, wow. you know, 18% raise, you know, 10% raise. Uh, we got really good raises. Uh, was that were they trying to keep up with somebody at the time, or was well, it just kind of yeah. trying to recruit? Yes, would be the answer. Nah. To that yes, they were trying to keep up with Henrico County. The uh, more things change, the more they stay the right. same. I'm sure it's going on today. D- d- today, right? Uh, you had Richmond, and then you had Henrico, and then you had us, and we all we were always trying to keep up with uh, with Henrico because people. That, that was a good place to go to work. Mm-hmm. You People know. went where the money was. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, I worked there about eighteen months. At number one. Now you know, at twelve to eighteen months, you're not ready for be promoted. I don't care who you are or nothing else. But didn't have nobody else. But guess what? <laughs> didn't have nobody and yet, here, else. and yet here we are, Sergeant Tanner. <laughs> yeah, they promoted me to sergeant. <laughs> one of those lieutenants back in them days, the sergeant. So I got promoted and went to work in Bon Air. And, and I had some older guys uh, working for me. Uh, Dickie Murray was one of them, but he never, I never had a problem uh, with guys that, you know, he was a, one of the originals. Yeah. Uh, I never had guys like that give me any problem because I, I, had a, I had a philosophy was if you goofed up in your job and discipline had to be taken care of, I was the one that did that, not the captain and not the battalion chief and not Chief Eames. Now, they could suddenly come down, pass it down the line, talk to me, but you didn't come in there and chew on my guys. You, see, you understand? So You were the one to do that. Yeah, I was the, I was was the one to do that. Yeah, it's not that we didn't discipline people. It's just that there is a chain of command both ways. So, Interesting. So now you're, uh, you got promoted inside of 18 months. Got promoted to sergeant, which is, um, I guess, it's same, the same, same as lieutenant, lieutenant today. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, they, several years later, they bumped all the sergeants to lieutenants, all yeah, the lieutenants to captains. Yeah, a whole lot, a whole lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, t- you know, you mentioned uh, Chief Eanes, and you and he had a really good relationship um, back and forth. And On days. <laughs> so, uh, how, how, and uh, how this kind of came about and the idea to get Ken Tanner on here was I get again kind of relates back to that whole intro of firefighters that uh, are there today that are hearing some of the stories that 
that you were involved with or some of the lessons learned. Yeah, um, well. And one of them involves you and Chief Eanes going for a ride. And oh. Uh, I heard from, now this, this comes from Paul Murray, so. You well, know, if Paul said it, it must be true. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he, he said uh, you know, Chief Eanes used to use you as a bit of a sounding board from time to time and kind of run things past you and say, what do you think, Kim, and what do you think about that? And I think one of those days he came down and took you to lunch. Well, and, uh, let, let's, go from there. Yeah, well, let's 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 get let's give it a little background here. You got to remember that I was the first outsider ever hired in Chesterfield County. Oh, okay. I mean, everybody else that was a paid fireman was a volunteer, volunteer in Chesterfield County, and I was the first to come from. I, I lived in Henrico at the time. Living in Hanover now, but I lived in Henrico, and. That was an anomaly, man. You didn't, you know, that was. You're not from here, are you? Yeah, you're not from here. <laughs> Can I see your passport? On the other, other side of the river. So I, I was, I was not a, man, I don't, man, I don't want this to say, I was not a yes man. I, I didn't, because a lot of people would, oh, chief, whatever you think is best, you know, uh, that won't me. Mm-hmm. And so Chief Eanes kind of liked that. He liked that, that, that he could do that. So, yeah. So uh, names and tails don't go together, especially with this story. But uh, I was, it was a fellow who got in some real trouble, paid firefighter, and it was a it was a firing offense, you know. But the guy had worked there a long, long time at, by this time. Uh, you got to remember, I've been to different stations by this time. I, I don't remember what year this was or nothing else. But anyway... Chief Eanes got picked me up at Station 11, uh, and uh, I didn't take a radio with me. You know, Chief Eanes had a radio, and we went down to uh, – he didn't leave me on the side of the road. Now, let's get that, that, that straight. That, no. that's, <laughs> what, that's what the rumor has. No, no, no. Here's the, the page two. <laughs> the, the truth from the horse's mouth. <laughs> the truth mouth. from the horse's mouth. We went to uh, the restaurant that was down at the airport. Now, 15 was not there. That mm-hmm. station had not been built. So we went to, uh, there was no, I don't think there was, there was no P-19 at the time, mm-hmm. none of that. Uh, so we went to the little restaurant, uh, second floor of the, rest of the uh, airport, you know, terminal. And we got to talking, and I, man, I begged the fire chief. I said, I said, man, don't fire this guy. Give him 30 days off about pay, you know, bust him back to a firefighter because he was an officer. Uh, and and we had a in-depth conversation. No, you know, I don't, I guess we weren't, I didn't think we were angry. <laughs> you weren't angry. <laughs> I either. wasn't angry. But, and I don't think Chief Eames was angry. I just think that he knew what he had to do and, and I didn't agree with it. So without paying the bill or anything, he just got up and walked out. And rode off into the sunset. Left you standing. I was not on the side of the road. (laughs) I was sitting at a chair finishing my meal (laughs) at the restaurant. (laughs) Now, uh, I don't think I paid for that meal either. (laughs) I think the guy that was running the restaurant, of course, knew Chief Eanes. He was up there all the time. And uh, I think he saw what was going on. And he went, uh, if I, as I recall, and this might be wrong, he said, you know, I'll I'll get it later. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. And I said, well, can I borrow your phone? (laughs) I gotta get a ride. <laughs> so call back to the station. Called back to the fire station, and then I went outside and started walking down the road. <laughs> Wait for the engine to come <laughs> that, pick so you up. So that's probably where that came there from. There you go. And the engine came and picked me so up. The early, the earliest Ubers in Chesterfield <laughs> was uh, engine one twelve. Yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. So that's what happened there. And uh, but 
but me and Chief Eames got along, man. You know, I'd, I'd some things would happen that I'd have to go talk to him about that to try and smooth the waters, as it were. And it sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't, you know. Mm. So I have no animosity or anything like that, you know. What about some of the uh, characters from back in the 70s and some of the people that were around back then who were kind of kind of <laughs> the fixtures of your generation? That uh, Well, I don't know. If, like I said, it was a lot of characters. <laughs> I mean, we were all characters, <laughs> you know, from uh, – you remember I talked about the – tailboard you're riding the tailboard well a certain right. firefighter i shouldn't say his name I, it, his initials were uh, billy woodruff <laughs> <laughs> goose <laughs> goose uh i will I'll, i won't i mean i will let it that out yeah <laughs> i don't care <laughs> billy don't care he wouldn't he, either he wouldn't give a hoot he i hope he remembers it because he's older than i am i think well I'm, uh, now you know what's going to happen i got to get him on here and defend <laughs> yeah, himself defend so defend he, himself. he'll be next well we we won't uh we we had old uh Cab over Ford at Station One with two-speed rear, the button up on it, on the shifter, mm -hmm. you know. And next door was a the, the other fire engine was a R Series Mac, brand new out of the box, but we didn't get to take that because we were paid and they were volunteers, so we had that. But somewhere another along the line, we transferred over to that R Series Mac, which is a whole other story too. But uh, it had what you call a constant crunch transmission in it's <laughs> yeah, it had a, 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 a clutch on it that had a, a old man what do you used to call that thing uh you pushed it in halfway like a transmission brake on you didn't, have to, you didn't have to double clutch it you yeah. pushed it in halfway it was supposed to allow you to shift into the next year but let me tell you what you, it was you go through first second and say third and then if you and this wasn't because the guy was a bad driver it was just the way it was if you miss fourth you had to bring to a stop stop Start, start over. Start <laughs> over. But anyway, so uh, we went somewhere, 7-Eleven or something, pick up some drinks or something. Here comes Billy Woodruff with a Playboy. <laughs> you can't make this. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. We have me riding tailboard, you know. Back then, by that time, we had them straps we talked uh -huh. about, you know. And Billy's unfolding the centerfold <laughs> right in the middle of trapping <laughs> people behind us. You know, I was going looking at, looking at it while yeah, you're on the table. Yeah, I'm board. going. <laughs> this ain't gonna turn out good. <laughs> but you know, we never heard anything about it. <laughs> uh, one of many, I'm sure. Oh lordy, yeah, yeah. There was another one uh, uh, up at Station Eleven when I was working Station Eleven. If if the people remember old Station Eleven, where the windows in the side of the station faced another Seven Eleven right next door yep. to the fire station. And uh, I think I was, I don't know if I was getting off. I think I probably was. And here come, uh, <laughs> oh, Lord, in there, uh, 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 Summers, Rick, Rick, Summers. Rick Summers and somebody else. I can't remember. And either they killed a deer or it was roadkill, <laughs> one or two. I'm not <laughs> sure which one it was. But they came in the bay, pulled the fire trucks out, slung a rope over the open rafters of Bar George Road. <laughs> And hoisted this deer up by his ankles, right, you know, you could have put him in between the two windows. No. No, right in front of the windows and started gutting this thing about the time a school bus pulled up into the 7-Eleven had kids on it. With that, the windows on that with, side of the right, fire station. Right there, and the, and the school bus went 20 feet outside <laughs> the window and guts. <laughs> and they, and they, they killed Bambi, <laughs> and it was gutting <laughs> Bambi. Oh, the phones rang over that one. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, that one got called in. Yes, it did. That was that was pretty cool. Oh. Uh, 
other people, man, all of them, you know, you could tell stories. We could tell stories uh, because it wasn't, it wasn't, I, I don't, it was strict, but it was just a different fire department. It was different back then, you know. Uh, like the time the radio shop was coming down to station uh, uh, 14, that's 14, 10 and 1, mm -hmm. right? Coming down to 14, I was working there. I told you I'm getting old, so they all leave me alone. <laughs> uh, radio shop was coming down to run some wires. This wasn't on my shift. <laughs> Plausible <laughs> deniability now. I think I was getting off. <laughs> and uh, some somebody got the wild idea. Let's take some them big old fuses we had, them <laughs> long ones. <laughs> so they taped them together and put a long clock on it and wrapped that around <laughs> and stuck it up, <laughs> stuck it up in the drop ceiling. Well, the guy from a radio, I don't know if he's from the county radio shop or he was from a vendor or what he was from, but. He didn't take that too good. Yeah, he, was, not, he, didn't, yeah. he didn't have the same he sense of humor. No, he didn't. <laughs> so that's just some of the little funny things that would happen around Oh, my. Life. That you'd probably get fired for on that. No day. doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Well, uh, let's talk about some of uh, some of the calls you ran back in the day. Oh, or, Lordy, uh, man. <laughs> how, there, there, you, you were telling me one. This is not about the fire itself, but you said you were at 10, num Company 10. Yeah. Well, one yeah. Or two. yeah. Oh, that was a lovely place uh, to work. A, a Friday <laughs> afternoon brush fire. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Across somewhere the other side of 360. I don't even remember where it was. Somewhere the other side. And we had been, we had been out in it. We had been some reason we were delayed. I can't remember. So we were kind of putting a head of steam on a, coming down uh, Courthouse Road towards 360. We were driving a old old Mac as we were driving. It had jump seats in it. And it had what, it wasn't enclosed. It just oh had no, jump my seats. good no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Op open jump seat. Oh uh, yeah, I never CF Mac. I never, yeah. I never rode on a fire truck that had closed in uh, doors wow. on. Just uh, there was CF CF Mac, and uh, so we was, had another boy driving whose name I won't mention, and, uh, and I really won't mention his name because I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think I know. We might talk about that after we, after we hit the no, stop it button. It wasn't Steve Trailer. Steve Trailer was in the jump <laughs> seat. Is that who you was thinking? That's about? who I was thinking. I no, knew he was there. No, he yeah. was in the jump seat. Bless his heart. He was a good guy. I, I love Steve. Uh, big fella, you know. So anyway, he's in the jump seat, and we had those old uh, Circle D lights. You know, you, you bet the light fastened to the battery. Yeah, but weighed about 12, 15 we, pounds. Weighed about 12, 15 pounds. And well, I had one in between the driver and, and my officer's position in the floor. And uh, Steve didn't have one in the back, I don't think. But anyway, we was heading for the intersection. There was a dip in that intersection, a pretty good one, too. And it was 5 o'clock in the afternoon, heavy traffic. And, you know, you had to stop for a red light. I guess they still have to. Yeah. Okay, well, you, man, you had to stop for a red light. You, you couldn't run it, man. That's, that's a hanging offense. Well, the driver, bless his heart, he's approaching the intersection, and we had one of them uh, stale greens, you know. Yeah, it, was, it was still green. <laughs> it was still green, but we knew it was going to change any second, and it did. It changed to yellow. And now you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And, and I looked at him, and knowing me, I'll, I'll fess up. I probably told him, you know, <laughs> give him one of them, keep it going there, Jack. Well, Rather than slowing down a little bit, he just he put the pedal to the metal. And when we hit that intersection, 102, I think, it was, uh, yeah. did that sound uh, right? 102, yeah, yeah, 102. When, when we hit that intersection, that Mac went up in the air and cleared the ground <laughs> on all the tires. Everything was up in the air. 
and in slow motion, I've given it a breakdown of this now. Didn't hurt anything. Well, it hurt a few things. Uh, <laughs> it went up in the air and it, and it, and it circled at a big heavy light, came up between me and the driver like in slow motion. Got weightless. Got weightless. <laughs> we, were, we were weightless, and I can prove it. And it did about two flips up near the windshield. <laughs> and then as we hit the ground and lost, you know, got gravity back, <laughs> it slammed into the floor. Well, it broke it all to pieces, by the way. And uh, when right before we went airborne, I was concerned about Steve. And I turned around and looked at him, and he'd taken his hands and put them <laughs> up in the air, up on his ceiling. You see, like hanging on. Well, as we went over that thing, all the supply line came up out of the bed, airborne. 1,500 I mean, 15, uh, feet of three inch hose. Two and a half back in, yeah. or three, yeah, I guess it was three yeah. or so, more, whatever it was, a lot, a lot a of lot it of and a heavy. <laughs> and Steve said later, we all lived through the adventure, by the way, uh, Steve said later he could see all the way underneath of the supply. The load of hose. The load of hose. That all <laughs> went up in the air that high. Well, when we hit the ground, we had them old uh, uh, chrome uh fog lights on that thing big metal things i don't i forget who made made them but they hung under the bumper just low enough just low enough <laughs> well it, it could have been anywhere because we put it right down on the bumper <laughs> i never did find them they went into <laughs> a million pieces <laughs> and people they say i wasn't on the end of the phone line uh dispatch now you got to understand back in the day we knew all the dispatchers so pretty much and they all looked out for you and we looked out for them you know what i mean mm -hmm. well they said the switchboard lit up people calling raising came <laughs> what's that idiot fire truck doing and it was after five o'clock so on a friday so there was nobody in fire administration to get hold of <laughs> and they covered for us you know what i mean they kind of calmed the waters and by Monday, everybody had forgotten it. <laughs> it blew over by then. <laughs> blew over by then. But that, called, that, was, called, that was called the great jump <laughs> of throw 360. <laughs> and Paul Murray, I, if I'm not mistaken, I might be, but Paul, he was a funny guy. He said he was going to rent a uh, billboard on 360 and show 102 going through that. <laughs> Get the picture of it and put it on there. <laughs> but, but anyway, that was, but that's not fires. I mean, I guess the biggest fire that we went to, I went to, crew went to, and, and, and uh, if I can lead up to it a Go little ahead, bit, yeah. we had just been uh, transferred, I won't mention names because I forget, I'll leave somebody out and then they'd be mad, but we had just been transferred to 14, new or relatively new, I, I can't remember, never been down in that area too much because I'd been up north, I'd, I worked at one, and transferred to Bonaire, and then transferred to maybe uh maybe wagstaff or maybe dale i don't know but i've been up north and never had much time then in the southern end of the county so i had an old e-150 van and my shift my, and myself loaded up when we got off duty you know one of the first days we were there and went for a little ride and we rode through john tyler uh community community college was john tyler yeah. right right john tyler community college and went through all them parking lots. Well, when you go in there, so this is just make this was this was after work. This was a day after yeah, we got see, off work. So yeah, this is pre-planning. Yeah, but we do that kind of stuff. Yeah. See now, everybody now, nobody. I don't. You know, do it on duty. You just yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't, man. We would, you know, go buy a six pack of beer and go riding around. 
There five, you go. There's the rest of the story now. <laughs> five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> There's the rest of the story. But now, we, and pre-planned with refreshments. With refreshments. So <laughs> we did ride up, and thank God that we did. We rode up in uh, John Tyler, and it's a, it's a driveway that goes back to a, par- a small parking lot, and you're surrounded by buildings. One of them are two or three story, and the rest of them are like one story, maybe two. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. But anyway, that's, that's instrumental in what happened. So late one night, uh, we, were, we were on duty and working, and we got along for a smell of smoke. And at uh, somewhere down Route 1, way down Route 1. So we got on a fire truck and rode down Route 1. Boy, you could smell it. You could smell it. You could smell a roof burning, mm-hmm. tall. But you couldn't see a thing. Didn't know where you it was coming from. Nobody had reported it other than one person. And there was a road you could make a left on. You remember if Old Bermuda Road came out mm-hmm. around one? Old Bermuda Hunter comes out there. I think of the hill. I yeah. think that's what it was. And we went and we rode. Now, this was the middle of the night, so there was no traffic. And we rode across the bridge up on 90, across 95. And you could look north and see a fire. But you had no idea, no relative, anything to compare it to how big it was or where it was, or how far away it was. You just didn't know. You know, you did no reference. Mm-hmm. But we knew it was north. So we turned around and went back on. Now, you can imagine how long it takes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a long time. And we rode on back up Route 1, and I said, well, man, let's go in John Tyler. So we rode on in there, and there was a gate that was locked, but you could see the smoke, you know, fire, you know. You could see it from 95. You see the fire on the 95 yeah, side because John Tyler kind of backs up backs to the up 95. To yeah. But you, where we were going, just smoke. And a little glow. Just a, you see a glow. You know what I mean? So we went up. We cut that gate. And we went up that gate. And there's that pre you know, where we'd ridden through. There's that little driveway that goes back to the parking lot. One of a great big parking lot now. I mean, a little teeny thing. And we went back there. Yeah, just us by ourselves. One, one engine. One engine. Three, three people or four people on the rig, you remember? <sighs> Probably three, but yeah. I can't be sure. I, I think Paul Murray was one of them because he mentioned I think he was he too. He mentioned I think to he me was. today about so that. So it would be Paul Murray and it would be me and whoever else. Yeah, he, did, he, he couldn't remember who else was on the ride that know. day either. So. But when we went up in that, but now as we're mm-hmm. doing this, okay, as we're pulling in, they dispatch 147 for a smell of smoke at the apartments way down Route 1 where used to be that bridge. I forget the Bermuda name. Bermuda Run? It's on the right-hand side. Yeah. I don't remember the name. Right at the it. railroad track. Yeah, yeah, that's them. But it's Bermuda Run. Yeah. Oh, something else now, Colonial well, Ridge. What up? Bermuda Run back That's the where they sent them to. Well, so they were just getting up and getting ready to go and getting 147 out. And, you know, that takes you a few minutes. Well, by that time, we'd pulled up in the parking lot, and we looked, and it was black smoke everywhere and when whoever was driving it was like magic when whoever was driving pulled the air brake you know psh, all the windows fell out of three buildings <laughs> and the fire and all three buildings leapt about 100 feet in the air better that is, there it is there it is <laughs> there it is <laughs> so i reckon i probably gave the biggest along assignment that i've ever been given in chesterfield i reckon i don't know but i told one first thing i did is i told 147 to disregard that call and they were just coming down right one. And I said, pull in here, come through the gate, follow our hose. We did lay a line in. I said, follow our hose. And I got a ladder pipe operation or a fly pipe, whatever, you know, operation for you. 
And then uh, I called Chesty. <laughs> they thought I was crazy. I said, I want three more trucks and six engine companies <laughs> and everything that goes with it, you know, air utility yeah. and all. And, and then I said, we're going to be off of air. We're going to fight fire. And so we got off. Of the, and, you know, everybody, y'all do, they still do evolutions? Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we hadn't been doing them too long. But the, one of the famous ones was the old uh, – uh, two and a half gated Eight to an inch and a half, yep. right? So we got off rig, and man, fire is every friggin' where. It's everywhere. And uh, I said, well, let's try and keep it from going into that two-story building right there. And it was a set of doors, so we went to work with halogens and whatever and, 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 and chain cutters, you know, bolt cutters, and got inside of there, and it was, you couldn't see your finger in front of you. <laughs> and so <laughs> we went... Let's, let's try and go down the hall and see if we can find this thing. Because all the fire was, it was, it, you know, we, we were uh, above it. So we went down the hall and we found it. <laughs> it found you. You found it? <laughs> the drop ceiling as you would crawl down the hallway, the ceiling had fallen out onto the floor and exposed the bar joists, the steel bar joists. So we got down to an intersection and I looked up and this bar joist was red as a cherry. Yeah. I said, I don't think we better go no more, <laughs> no further, boys. That's far enough. And so that fire burnt for a number of days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, and, and when they tore the place apart, it burned it all to pieces. Yeah. And when they tore it apart, it was in winter, too. I mean, freezing cold. Uh, they dispatched us from 14, not a silent alarm, because rekindles were, you know, you, you, did, you didn't have rekindle. You didn't have rekindle. But they'd send us rekindle at John Tyler. And I called him on the radio. I said, look. Don't be calling this thing no rekindle <laughs> anymore because what they were doing is picking up debris and putting it in dump trucks. And, you and know, it would be burning. It would be burning underneath all that stuff. So finally yeah. they just sent a silent alarm down there. And we kept a hose line on it hooked to a hydrant with wa a little bit of water flowing out of it because it would freeze up. That's how mm. cold it was, you know, freeze up. So that was probably the biggest fire I went to. So. It was another one, and I don't know if you remember this one that um, Paul mentioned um, and I've seen some posts on Facebook about it, you know, one of the CFD members, current and present kind of thing, talking about big fires in Sonico <laughs> was, uh, yeah. was one that Paul said you might have been on. Guess who you? was first in? Oh, that would be you. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. That's you, a funny one. What do you remember about that one? <laughs> oh, I remember everything about that <laughs> We got the uh, call. That was right down from 14. And uh, it was a, uh, it was a basically a cardboard manufacturer of tubes like cores that you put in stuff I'll, I'll give you the end of the story before i give you the beginning of it because you got to uh, kind of understand well they have the oven inside of this building this was a massive massive big, big, big warehouse big thing. big one story but high ceiling and uh inside the building they had a, a oven this oven was huge like the size of a house type thing you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I, I don't ask me. If I had to guess, you know, 60 foot by 40 foot or something. Big. Right? Big. And had two, oh, I reckon 15, 20 foot doors on it high in height, 15, 20 foot high. Double doors that would open up like a barn door. Right? Mm -hmm. That's So that, that gives you some sense of what's going on here. Well, when we got there, again, there may have been four guys, but probably three. Uh, and I think the truck was with us, too. I think it, it struck it out as a, as a structural fire. It, they had a uh, uh, 
pump, what you call it, outside. Fire um, pump. Fire pump for the sprinkler system. It had a sprinkler system in it, which you would think would put the fire out, right? So Yeah, right. You think. <laughs> so when we pulled by the fire pump, I always pay attention to that sort of thing. That thing was screaming. I mean, it, it was screaming. So we pulled in and went to work and pulled hose lines. And me and a, a fella, I can see his face, but I can't remember his name. Him and me crawled inside uh, inside the building from the back of it. Now, we had no idea. This was an illegal furnace, by the way. We had no idea what was going on inside. Well, as we got through the door, thank God we hadn't gone but about 15, 20 feet or whatever, the place exploded. Boom! Well, what had happened was those cores inside had got so hot, and we get, we had a graph. They had one of them circular graph yeah, things. We got the temperature that. on Yeah, we had, that was off the chart. <laughs> that was off. Well, when it got so hot inside of there, inside the oven, the doors, things got exploded in the oven now and the doors came open and the f and the explosion went out it blew all four corners of the building out a couple of feet it had on the ceiling uh, up on top it had i don't know how many dozens of skylights it blew every one of them wide open because they were supposed to do that you yeah. know they had the links on them where they were for ventilation but they were supposed to be open already well, they they were no, they they weren't. They had no reason to be open because the fire was inside, inside that oven. oven. It okay. was just in that's where the fire was inside the oven. That's the only place the fire was, and when it did, when it exploded in the oven and the doors flew open, fire rolled across the ceiling, setting all those links off on those skylights. And I mean, I bet you, and I'm shooting from a hip, fifty skylights maybe. It blew every one of them open, and it was sprinkled. It blew 112 sprinkler heads. I remember that for some strange <laughs> reason. 112 sprinkler heads went off at the same time. Well, it was no fire outside of the oven, okay? Well, when those skylights blew up, uh, it ventilated itself, and we could get inside. Well, we went inside to where the oven was, and there was rack after rack of wood, of uh, cardboard cores of all different diameters, and the fire was inside of those cores because the cores are made up of, of flammable, cardboard. Uh, cardboard and flammable, the glue, yeah. you know. And it looked like a pipe organ of blue fire. It looked like the devil was having a party inside <laughs> that place. <laughs> and it was a heck of a job to get that fire put out. But the fire was just inside that oven. Well, uh, you know, thing is organized chaos is what a fire is, is all it is. So I was outside. And, and Chief Eames was there by now, bless his heart. And uh, he, I said, well, I'm, I'm going to take my crew. We're going back inside. He said, well, take a rope. And it was so big, the building, because the rope wouldn't never reach in the first place. But he was trying to look out for us. Mm -hmm. and we had a, one of the nylon rope like I got nowadays, old three-quarter inch manila, manila. manila rope. You know. He said, Ken, tie this rope around you, because I want to be able to get you all out of there in case the fire gets too intense. I said, fire, hell, I ain't going to burn up. I might drown with 112 sprinkler heads going on. <laughs> you have to swim out. <laughs> have to get swim you, out. Get you a life jacket. <laughs> but that was that was Sonico. That was a pretty good fire. We, yeah. you know, we stayed there a uh, pretty long time, a couple, couple, three days. That was a big – now, was, you say you were in the building when it cut loose. Did yeah. You, did, it, did it blow fire back on you, no, or did no, it just kind of vented no, right there? No, because you got there again. It was in the oven. And, then, you know, this building was 
200 feet long maybe or maybe more and this oven as i said was like 40 feet you know 40 by 80 or 40 by 60 and that's the only if you ever open the oven door in your house when yeah. it's hot same thing just you were far enough away when it cut loose when you it didn't cut really loose when it it, it 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 didn't blow fire it, it it was it was it was a it was an explosion you, you know what i mean mm -hmm. that uh, a force field if you will that blew the walls out and heat certainly came out but it didn't set nothing on fire uh, and it just it was like a flashover without the fire without the ongoing fire so yeah it's just so it just it blew, it blew it blew the walls out blew the skylights up and set all the sprinkler heads off Jeez. so that was that was about that uh now, I don't know how long you're going here. I don't care how long we I go. got all day, man. Well, you know, but I do want to tell you one thing that's kind of, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> hey, go ahead. Bring it up. Well, I, you know, I don't know what it's like in a firehouse nowadays. This is this is an advertisement. <laughs> okay, go get them. <laughs> Not an unpaid advertisement because yeah, this is an unpaid, unpaid, unpaid podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it's like in a, in a fire station nowadays, but... Uh, Back when I was in the fire station, it was like a sewer. It was like you know cursing and and I mean I mean bad and and you get off duty and somebody else go try and mess with your wife, you know, and adultery here and adultery there and and you can name names which I won't, you know what I'm saying? But it was bad. Well, when I was at 14 and I think I think it'll, I think at 11, but I might be wrong guy named kenny allisberg you have you not talked to kenny not yet? lately yeah he's he's on my list too because he was in the walmart when the when tornado, tornado hit, hit. Went, hit yeah, down in colonial yeah. heights so that's he's a, that's he, a pretty cool story yeah too. i want to get kelly one kenny yeah, one day too yeah that's a pretty good but anyway kenny allisberg bless us, he was he was a straight and narrow never cursed and i was one of the worst ones in there <laughs> and uh he always just went along doing what he needed to do. Well, you know, we'd always egg him on, man. He's Christian, in other words, okay? So that's he was still out when I retired. And I I know no more about Jesus than I know about a hole in the wall. But I found out about Jesus, and I went to start going to church at, at Fairmount Christian Church, where I drive the bus now for the child care. We have 150 kids over there. And we and that it's going somewhere with that. During the summer, I take them to Pocahontas State Park to swim. Well, Kenny working at the fire station. I have no idea what number it is because it wasn't now when I was there, up on Beach Road. Yeah. I, I don't know what number it is, but I found out he was working there. So I dropped the kids off, and I can pretty much do what I want because they stayed there for four hours, five hours. And I rode that a great big freight liner, by the way, forty passenger freight liner, big bus. And I rode on up there, and I pulled into the parking lot. And I guess they probably figured, oh, we didn't forgot that there's a tour group coming through <laughs> there. They didn't know I was coming. And I pulled in there and opened the door, and Kenny was in the bay sweeping the floors. And he saw me, and I saw him. And you got to remember now that I didn't give my life to Christ, you see. And we started walking to each other, and it's true now. And then all of a sudden, like in the movies, we started running to each other, and we hugged, and tears flew. <laughs> tears flew. And Kenny told me now, and I haven't seen Kenny in a long, long time. Kenny told me, he said, when I saw that bus pull up in the parking lot, and it had Mechanicsville, Virginia on it, that's where the church is, Mechanicsville, Virginia, he said, 
I said, Lord, please let that be Kentana. And it was. was. And so I just want to shout out to Kenny that, and I tell that story, I bet you I've told that story dozens of times to people in church, that, you know, the way you live your life, people see. You understand what I'm saying to you? I, I was I was in the sewer, but Kenny, I always watched him. And, 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 and 20 years later, it paid off. There you go. So anyway, yeah. enough, enough of that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's one that... Um, Gosh, I don't know where he worked somewhere before he came to Chesterfield. Did a career there. Went to the city of Richmond, Richmond worked for city a few worked, years. And yeah, I think he's yeah. still working out in Amelia or Powhatan somewhere. He lived in Amelia. Yeah, so it must I'm, be Amelia. You know, so I guess that's where he was. He was and a good could, guy. And could run. Yeah. And ride a bike. Yeah. One of the most fit human beings. Uh, Budweiser was going to hire him. Sponsor to, him. Sponsor to him to run. And then some went haywire. He got, he got hurt because he they had spon- they were going to sponsor him after one of the Richmond races, and uh, he got hurt or something. Yeah, something happened to him, and he couldn't. Couldn't and, do it. And you talk about somebody getting sick. He would get physically ill because he couldn't run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's a you. We started riding mountain bikes in Pocahontas, and Kenny was one of the guys. He would lead the – it was probably half a dozen of us out riding, and he would climb this hill, and me and I guess Burnett and – Terry Newcomb and a bunch of us would be chasing him up this hill, and he'd been up there. He'd been <laughs> yeah. up there waiting for us yeah. for ten yeah. minutes. Yeah. And go, okay, you ready to go you, down? We're, we're so doing, out of breath man? and ready to <laughs> d- fall over, and he was ready to go. Oh lordy, <laughs> man! You know, it's funny. You asked me all these questions. I I made a few notes here, and you you covered every one of them. <laughs> well, good. Right. Well, I got a couple more. I got at least one or two more. Oh yeah, I got plenty of time. But um, uh, Paul Murray was sharing this with me. Here's another, another Paul Murray story. He called me you know, this morning. Said, hey, you, you're talking to Quintana. Here's something. To fill a blank, and um, this was back in, I guess Paul was a volunteer at Company 11. He was still in high school at the time, and you were you were there as a sergeant well, or an I, officer. I didn't get along with the volunteers too well. Yeah, but I, I tell you what, he made, you made an impact on him, and I don't know if it was, was when he was a volunteer or later in his, in his paid career, but uh, he said something that stuck with him as he went into being a TSO, a safety officer, yeah. was something you were worried about back in the 80s before it was a thing. And it was about traffic safety and getting, oh, yeah. getting people hurt by cars on right. the road. Yeah. And uh, you know, back then and even today, you know, I think Chester got a lot of heat back then for putting out cones because administration was worried about getting a fire truck hit. And uh, there was a, he said, Quintana was always a guy that wasn't worried about getting a fire truck hit. He was worried about mm-hmm. getting the guys yeah. hit. Mm-hmm. Guys hit. And then um, years later, sitting, he said, sitting around the kitchen table at fourteen and. The conversation went the way of we're kind of changing our tactics, and uh, you know if there's if there's nobody in the house, and you know we're not going to send people into burning buildings oh, now if there's good. no life yeah, safety. Yeah, that's when I was leaving. Thank goodness. And uh, and Ken said Ken Tanner he said Ken Tanner made the comment then that then it's guaranteed we won't lose anybody in a fire. It's going to be because somebody gets hit on the interstate. Right, right. And we and we had a bunch of those, man. I mean a bunch, uh, especially when we started having four guys on the engine mm-hmm. and we had jump seats you know uh especially the guys on the driver's side of in in the jump seat they would step down step off the fire truck and people would not not slow, not down, slow down at all they wanted to get past before they couldn't get past at all mm-hmm. and they zoomed by the fire truck and we had a, a bunch of people almost get hit stepping off of that jump seat mm-hmm. side well, I'll tell you, that, that um, and the quote from Paul Murray is, Ken is the most influ- influential person in my career because of that lesson you taught him well, back then. Well, I, 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 you, can't, you can't get so quick that you don't look out 
for your safety. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to, when you get off that jump seat, you know, you're ready to go to work. And, it, and, I, and one of the things I always said, I'd never allowed anybody to get out of the jump seat uh, unless they had something with them. I didn't care what it was, Halligan, light, you know, something. And we had the Halligan axe combination. I guess they still do that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but you grab that, and then you look, man, before you step down. You yeah. just can't get in such a big rush. Uh, and 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 we would put cones down and to try and protect uh, the people and the fire truck too. Uh, and <laughs> well, that go takes me back to an Eames story. <laughs> he came around the corner one time when we were leaving the fire scene, and and. You know, you have to physically pick up those cones and put them on the fire truck. They just don't jump up <laughs> by themselves. <laughs> well, we had just put the cone back on the fire truck. I forget where we carried them back or somewhere. Uh, put the phone uh, cones up on the fire truck, and whoever picked up the last cone was getting up in the jump seat, and Eans came around the corner. And he called me back when we got to the fire station, ate my butt out. Because there weren't any cones Because there weren't no cones <laughs> <laughs> And I had to... I went right back at him, you know. Because we just picked them up, boy. I said, man, somebody got to pick them up, you know. Well, that cones it brings up a story that Paul relayed to me, and oh I'm going to see boy. if you remember this one. Uh, <laughs> it was a vehicle accident somewhere down around Greenlee Trailer Park. Oh, I know. And, it uh, nighttime. I'll, I'll tell you the, the Paul Murray version, and you can fill in the blanks. Okay, go for it. It was a vehicle accident. A couple people heard anyway, and, and I think the then-Lieutenant Tanner told driver paul murray make sure you put them cones out and block off the entrance to greenley yeah, yeah. so that nobody comes around that and comes around our accident scene right and he says the next you know a few minutes later the next thing he knows is ken tanner's coming at him with a grin on his face <laughs> chewing him up one side and down the other saying murray i thought i told you to put those cones up in front of there <laughs> yelling it loud enough that the public could hear and yeah. there was apparently a crowd of folks that were standing around greenley that uh heard could hear this conversation yeah, so yeah. i'll let you take it from there i, I don't know wait a minute I, I, that's a different one from what i was thinking about and so i can't really help you out well, too much so on that one something well, goes along and paul had seen the grin on your face and knew you were up to something oh well that was <laughs> and uh, the that was normal the, clo the closer you got to him you just kept saying go with it just go with me just, <laughs> just go with me <laughs> and it turns out that there was one of those spectators in, out of greenlee that had moved the cones oh to yeah. let somebody out yeah, and then this yeah, guy yeah. and so the whole neighborhood is seeing you chewed his <laughs> young fireman out for not putting <laughs> the cones up and it was his fault right. so this guy comes up to you <laughs> and moved. says you moved the cones yeah i think paul's quote was you started asking this guy i'm sorry are you an undercover police officer <laughs> i did that a lot i did <laughs> no that, no you i did that in numerous are you are you a traffic engineer man. no no then don't ever touch my road cones again <laughs> i did that so many times uh, we had i can't remember that one too too well but we had uh we had a fire at uh what's the forward place down right one uh, before you get 288, right yeah, along that area. Yeah, when you're talking we, about, I think it's changed names three or oh four times. Oh, man. We had a fire in there one time, and, and uh, I got in trouble for doing one thing or another. But see, the tactic to doing all that stuff, and I won't relate that, that you really don't have to <laughs> go there. But the, the, the tactic to that is getting somebody important on your side. Well, whoever owned that Ford dealership, I, I wish I could remember the name of the place. I'm surprised you don't. Uh, it's changed a couple times. Yeah, but anyway, the guy that owned the place, it was middle of the night. And uh, whatever I'd done, he came along and said, man, 
you y'all firefighters sure did a great job. He knew Eanes, you say. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was prominent in the community. And I said, do you know Bob Eanes? He said, you sure I know Bob Eanes? I said, would you mind giving him a call tomorrow and tell him what a good job we did? <laughs> Even though you got in trouble for doing <laughs> yeah, something. Well, yeah, take the heat off, you know what I mean? Yeah, one, one attaboy. Just yeah, <laughs> one attaboy. Oh, Lord. No, but that's, that's, a, that's a tactic is some of the guys would say, you know, Tanner knows how to tell somebody to go to hell, and they're glad to be on their way. Yeah. <laughs> you, just use, you just use tact. That's a, that's a skill use, right yeah, there. Yeah, man, you use tact. I used to do that all the time. You know? Wow, we've been, uh, we've been at it about an hour, and that's kind of what I shoot for. But uh, I'll kind of wrap this up with one last question for you and, and then say just do you have any final thoughts. Um, so you came to work in 72, right. retired in 2000. Right. So that makes it a 28-year career. Yeah. Um, obviously very successful. You, you're, you're, you are a legend. As they're still telling Ken Tanner stories today because yeah. it is evident by, by Carlos giving <laughs> me that call. Uh, what, what If you had five minutes with the recruit schools that are graduating today, um, you know, what would you tell them to, to help them along in their career? Uh, you know, we need to talk about something else before okay. we get to Well, that. we'll bring that up. Okay. All right, we'll can, go ahead. Can you remember that? Uh, we'll, pause, we'll pause that now. Yeah, pause that. But because a lot of people w- would probably go, Ken Tanner is a lieutenant. Why, if he's so, you know, everybody talks about Ken Tanner. And I appreciate it. You know, I, you know, I, I appreciate it. Uh, why ain't he a chief? You know, since you were number 11 on the, on the scoreboard, why come you're not a <laughs> chief? Because I could have been. And and the only thing I could tell, and I would tell it to the recruits too, do what you like to do. Do what you like to do in the fire department and don't worry about anybody else trying to make you do something else. Well, you see, I was in there how many years? 28, 28. 28 in, in some months. You know, I never rode a truck. I was never, never, on a ladder I truck. never, uh, never assigned to one. I, I worked overtime on them, but I never was assigned to. And people would go, well, Ken, you know, you could ride a truck and p- get your career going even further. And I said, partner, I like to hear the swish of the water. I don't like <laughs> to hear the roar of the chainsaw. And I stayed on the engine all them times, and I was, uh, I was, I was uh, pushed to become a captain. I was pushed to become, you know, uh, why come you don't become a battalion chief? I liked what I was doing. Oh, I tell you one time. Oh, here, can you, yeah, time? Go ahead. Oh yeah, we got all day. I was at. I had a place on the on the Potomac River, Louis Sato. It was called, and the captain exams were coming up, and you had to kind of say you were going to take the exam. So, uh, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sign up for it. Well, I was down in the rubber, minding my own business. And Chief Eanes was concerned that I hadn't signed up for captain. So, you know, you get the story? Mm-hmm. So, I'm sitting there on the back porch eating steamed crabs, and I look down the dirt road. It was a dirt road. It, went, it was a, like a subdivision, but it was a loop, dirt loop that went by all these houses. And I look, coming around the corner was a state police car. I'm like, <laughs> my God, you never see no state police car down here. So I kind of went out there because he was going real slow, you know. And I said, sir, can I give you a hand? And he said, I'm looking. <laughs> I said, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> he said, I'm looking for Ken Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> well, why would you be doing that, <laughs> officer? <laughs> well, I'm Ken Tanner. What's up? He said, well, Chief Ean says that you must have failed to sign up for the captain's <laughs> exam because you're not. <laughs> and it was like the next day or something. 
And I said, well, I said, you tell Chief Eames that I'm just happy as I can be being a sergeant <laughs> or a lieutenant or whatever it was back in them days. So what I would tell the drill school with new recruits would be do your job, do it well, and do what you like doing. And if you like riding the jump seat, if you want to ride the jump seat for 30 years, that's great. Don't, don't let anybody tell you that that's not great. You know, and if you want to be the chief, go for it. You know, do what you want to do and do it well is what I'd tell. There you go. So we could do another. We could do another forty-five minutes on med flight times at fourteen. Oh, I could, yeah, yeah. But the time the guy stood med flight up on the end and while the main rotors didn't hit the ground, yeah. that was exciting. I, man, I could tell you all kind of stories. I could. I'm. I'm sitting there thinking of all this stuff going. It's time to cement truck run over top of the the car and trailer and oh. and nobody got a scratch on them well i'll tell you what let's I, i'll make a deal with you. you you keep thinking about them make some notes and uh in the not too distant future we'll get together again well, and do this if for, i'm for still sure. if i'm still kicking yep. that's my hope. hey thank you for inviting me man can't thank you um you know i'll, I'll share one cantana memory and i don't you probably don't remember this it was so long ago when it wasn't wasn't a blip on the radar but it's just kind of the kind of guy you were about teaching people stuff mm. and it had absolutely nothing to do with the fire service we're sitting on a railroad track maybe two o'clock in the morning and i think i was working overtime on your shift and car had gotten hit by a train and we were sitting there waiting for god only knows how long for that record to get there yeah. skies were clear and i started getting a um celestial navigation course from Ken Tanner <laughs> in the middle of the night. Yeah, I teach, you, I teach you that, man. Yep. I teach you where all the constellations are and stuff. Back when you were sailing. and uh, <laughs> Man, that was some interesting time. I, I, had, a cap, I had a 100-ton captain's license. Yep. So. Well, Ken, thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for your service to the yeah, county man. and uh, your knowledge to the guys that were coming along when you were there and, and sharing your thoughts today. I, all I got to say is tell everybody to stay safe. Hey, message delivered. <laughs> thanks, Ken. Yeah, man. So with that, uh, we'll just say uh, thanks again to Ken. Uh, make sure that anybody who's listening, if you want to drop a note, uh, share your thoughts, or maybe even share a Ken Tanner story that next time we get together we can uh, we can highlight a little bit more, drop me an email at firehouselogbook at gmail.com or connect with us on Twitter at FDLogbook and on Instagram at FDLogbookPodcast. And uh, make sure you follow along on uh, on Facebook because this this episode is going to have a picture of Ken with uh, one of his original fire helmets that you could not use today because it's illegal. So uh, we'll make sure we get a picture of that leather cars too. So thanks again for listening.